0: Today, we're turning to the word of God, Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 42, and then verse 44 from the Passion Translation. Peter preached and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. You know, the opening pages of the book of Acts show us the church, the living organism that God raised up to launch the movement that is globally called Christianity. On their opening day, the lives of 3,000 people were made new by the coming of faith to Jesus Christ. At their second public gathering, over 5,000 were added to their number. Historians and scholars go on to tell us that within six months of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost in which the church was birthed, there were over 100,000 new Christians in the city of Jerusalem. And here's the reality, church. Every single one of us trace our faith back to this moment that began with a handful of Christians in Acts chapter 2. When you realize the magnitude of what happened through this group of people, it raises a question: What was it about them that enabled them? to be so mightily used of God. For you see, this was an unknown group of nobodies. Wow, what a challenge. An unknown group of nobodies. Nobody knew their names. Nobody knew their platforms. Nobody knew where they had come from. Indeed, the church had issues and imperfections. And while we must be careful not to idolize them, nevertheless, History records that this new community of God's people were used so powerfully that they literally turned the world upside down. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6 says, those who have turned the world upside down have come here also. This transformed group of people made new and alive by the Holy Spirit, possess great qualities from the outset, which we, the church today, must allow the Holy Spirit to renew in us. Oh, if you and I will give permission to the Holy Spirit for this renewal to happen, then we, I believe we, God's people at Nairobi Lighthouse Church could very well encounter the same glorious dynamics of church life revived and made new once again in us as it was with the original model church. Today we continue part two, qualities of a renewed church. Qualities of a renewed church. You know, the book of Acts gives a number of descriptions for this new community of God's people. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 describes them as people who had been with Jesus. People who had been with Jesus. Acts chapter 1 verse 22, chapter 2 verse 24, describes them as those who bore witness to his resurrection. Witness to his resurrection. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and then chapter 4, verse 8, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 44, those who believed. They were those who believed. And then Acts chapter 2, verse forty seven. One translation says, those who were being rescued, who were being rescued. Men and women made new. Men and women made alive in Jesus Christ. Now, because of what we as a church have encountered, particularly in the past one year due to the pandemic, I really believe with all of my heart one of our greatest needs is the need for renewal. The need for renewal. The word renew means to renovate and reconstruct to the original purpose, to restore ruined altars and cities by rebuilding, to revitalize and Re-energize one's spirit. Return to a fresh, invigorating state to make qualitatively new, to rejuvenate, to strengthen again. What better way to encounter renewal than to re-examine the qualities of this new community of God's people found right here in Acts chapter 2 in having its beginning there. You see, we can learn a lot from the early church. Verses 41 and 42a, those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. The first quality, number one, which we saw last week, a church ready and committed to learn. They were a learning church. They were devoted to following the apostles' teaching. Their teachings were were such that, that today is what forms the New Testament. The apostles' teachings is what we now have as the New Testament. And they were devoted not just to listen, but to follow. Indeed, from the outset, they listened, they studied, they put into practice what they learned. And it begs, the question begs to be asked, are we reading the Bible in the same way? Are we devoted to coming together with God's people, to listening, learning, allowing the Holy Spirit to take the truths of the Word of God and change us by that truth and bring that truth out of us in our day-to-day living? I want you to get this, where no attention is given to teaching and to constant lifelong Christian learning. People can quickly revert to the worldview or to the mindset of their surrounding culture, and they can end up with their minds shaped by whatever social pressures are most persuasive. I want to repeat that, and I want you to get this so important, where no attention is given to teaching and to constant lifelong Christian learning. People quickly revert to the worldview or mindset of their surrounding culture. And they can end up with their minds shaped by whatever social pressures are most persuasive. It can become so bad that Jesus himself can become somewhat of a distant influence or perhaps even a memory, God help us. Now today, verses 42. And 44, their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. The second quality of a renewed church is a caring church, a caring church bonded in fellowship as family, a caring church bonded in fellowship as family. Another evidence of this new life was the desire of the new believers to be with the people of God and to share things in common together. There was a sense of being separated to God from the world and a community of interest with other followers of Christ. When the church was birthed, the Holy Spirit filled the hearts of these new believers with such love that they were made to be to another as the same to himself. All things were made common. That is, there was no distinction of class. There were no Clicks, all things were common. Selfishness was done away with, and hearts were turned to charitable acts of kindness and care as they came to value one another over their possessions. Their value one for another became greater than their value of what they possessed. Just as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, they then devoted themselves to fellowship. The word fellowship is koinonia. In Greek, it means mutual association, partnership, close relationship, mutual association, partnership, close relationship. This was more than just coming together, certainly more than just a meeting. And sadly, for many believers, the church has become a meeting to attend rather than an essential identity. We must be renewed in our thinking church. We must be renewed right here. And listen carefully, our coming back together again. It's not simply that we're all going to church again. We're all going to go on Sunday back to church again. No, it's a corporate gathering of the body where we are privileged to be divinely connected. It's our family to which we belong, where our friendships are to be and have been forged. It's where, as one body, we come into the presence of Jesus, devoted and partnering to see God meet the needs of the entire family. We share together. We share with one another what God has given us. Our smile, our laughter, our enthusiasm, our faith, our good reports of His faithfulness of what He's done for us in this season. You see, that's what God has given you. And it's not given for you alone. You see, when you live together under one roof as a family, you don't see this chair or that table or this packet of milk or this loaf of bread. You don't see those as mine rather than yours. The breadwinners of the household, they don't see their finances, which they bring in as theirs, rather than belonging to the whole household. No, that's not family. That's a business agreement. That's a business deal. We are partners. We are family. We're partnering together for the common good and blessing to all, caring practically one for another. You see, the pandemic has separated us from one another as a family. It's isolated us. It's caused many of us to look inwardly. And when you begin to look inwardly, what happens most often is that leads to difficulty of sustaining a living faith. We need one another. Thank God for our cells, our small groups, which have been an incredible source of strength and blessing and how grateful we are to our awesome cell leadership. And while cells will continue to meet once a month for a season, the time has come for the NLC family to come back together again. It's time, church, and we're so excited. One week from today, we gather together. Oh, and we will begin to glorify and magnify together as family what God has done and is doing. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, I leave you. With these scriptures, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and, vir- and virtuous. Verse 10, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Oh, come on, church. Let's gather. Let's refocus. Let us gather, believing to be renewed and reestablished in our corporate identity to join together as friends, a family united in faith for what God has ahead for all of us, for all of us together. Let's pray. Come on, I want you to join me right now and just invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is being said. Holy Spirit, come on, say it. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? To what am I devoted? Where and to whom am I devoted? Oh God, it all begins by identifying with you. Lord Jesus, it all begins by identifying with you and then identifying to your body, to your people, O oh Lord. Renew this sense of belonging in me, my Father. Renew that sense of belonging. Renew that love in me for your house, for your people, that I might be made to be to another the same as I am to myself. That I might be caring, involved, partnering, ready to return, oh God, full of fire, full of excitement, enthusiasm, to be renewed as the family of Nairobi Lighthouse Church. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask and believe. Amen and amen. Now in these closing moments, if you really don't know the Lord Jesus, you haven't come into that partnership with him, that relationship with him. Your life has not been made new by Jesus, yet you long to have a new life. You long to see your life put right. You long to see your life turned around. You desire to be part of this church, the family of God and the earth if you're ready to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, or if you desire to know more about Nairobi Lighthouse Church, we want to invite you to text or to call the number that's at the bottom of your screen. We would love to pray with you, love to stand with you, love to see your life changed and transformed through the power of Jesus Christ. Church, see you Sunday. God bless you.